Welcome to the Vitality Shift Podcast for Chiropractors. I'm your host, Dr. Don McDonald, author of the best-selling book, The Underdog Curse. Weekly, we will be interviewing amazing chiropractors from around the world, finding out how they made their vitality shift. If you're a chiropractor that either wants to just move your practice away from treating pain and conditions, or if you just want to stay inspired, this podcast is for you. For more information on past shows, please visit www.drdonmcdonald.com and I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Vitality Shift podcast for chiropractors. This is Dr. Don McDonald, your host, and uh, today I get uh, to interview a second runarounder, and we were trying to figure out when the first time we interviewed her was, and I think it was about two and a half years ago, and the ironic thing was we were in, so if you, again, go back to www.drdonmcdonald.com and if you want to listen to her first episode, because that'll talk about her origin story into chiropractic and how she started blowing things up in her practice and, 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 and building the practice of her so-called dreams at the time and moving, buying a building and, and having it amazing. And I think right when I talked to her, she's just moving into this location, all excited about rocking it out. And now... I'm talking to her from Scotland. She doesn't even live there anymore. So there's, there's been a huge change in basically the last two and a half years. And so um, I wanted to come back and revisit with Dr. Naomi Mills uh, and catch up with what, what precipitated her leaving. Just before, uh, talk, just before we got uh, recording on this, we're talking about, we always talk about the vitality shift for our practice members on helping them shift um, into their, the vitality model. But I bet you there's some chiropractors out there who've wanted to move or maybe had an ideal place where they'd like to practice, but they're just too scared to move because they think that'd be too frightening. And so I think we might get into that story because from, uh, from the, the, the end of the last story, we're just moving into an ideal practice, just bought her place, renovated it, it was all amazing. And now she has no practice <laughs> and she's in Scotland. And, and so let's just, uh, let's pick up the rest of the story uh, with Dr. Naomi Mills. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me again. So I'm, I'm totally fascinated to kind of get into this story of, of uh, last time we were talking to you, your, your, you know, your practice had just blown up and you're like kicking some butt and you, and you bought a building and you renovated it and it was, it was amazing. And then now you're, you have, you're basically unemployed in Scotland. <laughs> so, so tell us how that happened. I, am. <laughs> I also was in an interesting scenario we might get into at one point. I had a business in one country and a house in another one and didn't know if all of that was going to work out. And um, so, yeah, two and a half years ago was a really good time. And buying that building was a really important thing for me to do because I think you hit the nail on the head when you said it was your dream at that time. Yes. And if I thought that taking my practice members on a vitality journey was a big change, I don't think anything was bigger than me living that for a couple of years. And it, like everything feeds into itself. So the more you're reinforcing the message with your practice members, it gets reflected back on you and you start to change or it did for me and I find myself just getting deeper and deeper into kind of naturalism and holism and vitality in general and in my personal life and in my practice life and 12 months ago I went on something it's called circle of fire I don't know if you've ever heard of that I think I've heard of it I don't know the details but I've heard of it on Facebook yes it's for 
primarily it's for women in chiropractic. It was set up by four amazing women just to have a weekend of reflection and empowerment. It's very kind of spiritually challenging. You do sweat lodges and fire walks and breath work. And um, a friend of mine, Melissa, had told me to go on it. So off I went. And I just had a really profound experience when I was there. And you do a lot of picturing what you want your life to look like. And just absolutely crystal clear, I had this vision of what I wanted my life to look like and that I wanted to be near mountains and I wanted to teach and I wanted periods of being busy and not busy. And then the feeling of, oh, that doesn't look like anything like the life I'm living at the moment. <laughs> You're like, uh-oh. We got, you got, well, you got some work yeah. to do, but it keeps things exciting. <laughs> I tried, I panicked. And then Melissa was just like, it's fine. You can totally do that. And I was like, okay. And um, I got off the plane. My husband picked me up in London. And I was like, so we need to leave Nottingham. We need to leave the practice. We need to sell everything. And we, I need to go back to Scotland. And I want to get involved with some teaching because I'm involved with the Scotland College of Chiropractic now. Um, but I need to start again. And by the time we did the two-hour journey, he had agreed. Bless him. And wow. Then, yeah. That was probably his. That was probably his most shocking picking someone up from the airport in the history of his life. <laughs> probably, but you know, when you're married to a woman that knows her own mind, yeah, it was so from inside me. You know, I was just like yeah. when I knew I needed to marry him. I was like, I have to go there. Right. I don't know why. I just have to go. Um, and nobody, everybody was surprised. Nobody thought, oh yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Apart from me. <laughs> Well, and it's funny because it's, it's, it's almost, it was because a lot of people use the excuse that they don't want to take a step forward because they're not really sure what they want yet. So until they're clear of what they want, they don't want to do any steps. But it's funny because you're saying how by taking that step to buying that practice enabled you to take the next step to find out what you truly wanted to do. So even if you take a, a step in the wrong direction, um, well, we always use that. I always use the analogy in basketball. They always said, if you're moving, it's easier to change direction if you're moving than if you're stagnant, right? So, so that's pretty interesting that you, you bought that. Yeah, that you bought, yeah. purchased that. And, and I then think that it's important that we weren't unhappy in Nottingham either. You know, we were really happy in the practice. I was working a three-day week with an associate, earning good money, having a good lifestyle, but the environment wasn't right. And I've done a lot of meditation over the last couple of years. And the more I reflect on what I want, it just was looking so different to what I had. And it's not that one's right and one's wrong. It's just actually this could be more right. Mm -hmm. so. And, and so like when you first had that realization, was it like, now I definitely have to move? Or did you immediately going into like, oh my gosh, if I move, these are all the steps I'd have to take? Because sometimes people go into, oh my, that sounds like a lot of work. Or did you just go, the vision is so amazing. Like, I don't care how much work it's going to take. The second one, and not just because I'm talking to you, but I went on such an uncomfortable journey with your good wife as my coach and the vitality shift in general. It really helped me in that I know something's really scary, it's probably really worth doing. And every time I've pushed through something like this before, it's been so good at the end. So I was like, I am doing it. Up until the point, I think it was all signed and sealed. And then there was a few moments of, oh my goodness, what have I done? 
there are definitely those moments still. <laughs> and I'm unemployed for the foreseeable future. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, that's, that's exciting. So, and so what was your husband doing again for work? Well, he gave up his career as an engineer to help me with my mega practice. And, and he, he did actually describe that practice as like the monster that takes over our lives. Right. And so I think I'm consciously creating a new practice that's maybe not, it was very like 100 miles an hour, 12 rooms, like really big. And somebody else's dream, like brilliant business, brilliant practice. But we have now consciously chosen something different, but we have to experience that first, I think. Yeah. Now, you said that I had to go back. And you might get a job again. Yeah, you might get a job again. So you guys are both unemployed right now. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so you said that you um, uh, wanted to go back to Scotland. Um, yeah. Did you previously live in Scotland, or or, or how did how did you pick yeah. Scotland so as I the place? Brought, I brought up originally, and then I moved to England when I was eighteen. So my sister is in Edinburgh. She's about twenty minutes away from here. My brother's in Glasgow, and um, so I've lived away from my family since I was eighteen. So it was a big like family, personal thing to come back as well. And so I felt ready now. Mm -hmm. So when you decided to uh, sell your practice, maybe because there might be, like I know there's uh, chiropractors we've been asked as well, where they are thinking of selling their practice. Um, what were the steps that you need to go through to sell your practice? And then what did you do to kind of line that up? So I think I was fortunate in that I had an associate who I first approached and to buy it and he ultimately bought it with his wife what it really needed was a driving team because it was quite a big busy practice whereas I was the chiropractor and the driver he's the chiropractor and his wife is exactly like me so they will thrive in that environment um, but it was really getting all your ducks in a row so we had great CAs they were fully trained we actually my husband was working as a CA and then we got him out of the business so that people were picking up all of our responsibilities. We got a practice manager. It was a turnkey um, kind of business where we had lots of people choosing to go on to um, like direct debits and reg and we had a huge community of people that were really responsive um, a real core kind of practice member group. So it was very stable. It was very organized because I was very aware for them it was going to be, there's a huge shift, isn't there, between being coming an associate and becoming um, a business owner, particularly yeah. if that business is mature. So it's 21, I had it for six years, but the clinic started 21 years ago and there's still clients from the first week they opened coming. Great. So, yeah, and they feel like they own the place, which is, um, yeah. it's a big thing so it was really making it as easy as possible and we had a wonderful um, four week handover in the end so we told the clients really early on it gave everyone time to say goodbye to be happy it was it was really really positive we had an awesome time that last month it was great so yeah and so t tell me some of the feelings you had in the last month uh, when you're saying goodbye to people like was that hard or how was that it was hard. It was sad. Like I find the last couple of weeks, there's certain, I find myself thinking about certain practice members that I cared for for years. And there was people coming that come see me since the week I graduated. And um, bittersweet, but they keep posting me presents and sending emails. And 
I was I needed to to move on because I'd grown so much. I changed so much on every single level, and I felt like I couldn't fully be the new the, the me I want to be with people that know me when I first graduated in terms of skills, knowledge, my health, person, like, like everything. They've seen me grow up, and right. now I want to kind of pretend I'm shiny and new somewhere else. Well, and too, I think it's easier because if you have an environment that keeps, those are almost like little anchors to you all down, like all the different people that remember how you used to are, used to be. When you're evolving, they're constantly almost remembering and bringing back that old neural pattern, right? And so sometimes you do need to leave that location, like leave that area to be the person that you want to be because then it's a lot easier because now you create your new anchors as the new person. Exactly. And I think the biggest thing I've learned over the last couple of years is to really, when you know yourself and your values, because there's so many great kind of coaches and programs out there, but when you know what it is that you really want, then you can sit there and look at the whole picture and say, this is what's going to take me to the next step. Whereas when you're completely lost, which I certainly have been before, you feel like you just want to try and copy someone else because then you can have what they have, but actually it only works if it's right for you. Right. Yeah. Now tell me a little bit about your, uh, your vision. So t- tell me what, what is in store for you now? Because now you said it's been oh. like just a couple weeks in Scotland. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But it's me. So we've already, we, we did lock down here. We actually got the keys on the 1st of March. And then when they announced that no one could lose their house, we would staying with my in-laws and they have a very small house. And um, so we up sticks to Scotland for five weeks, which was really awesome. And um, it needed a lot of work for the house, but it gave us time to decorate and kind of embed ourselves and have ideas. So we did a lot. Um, and now I have plans for having a cedar wood um, building. It's going to be 64 square meters, just one big open space and um, with a toilet and a closed room, but that's it. Uh, lots of glass. So it's all very natural, but strong, really light very beautiful because I really like a, a nice environment. We're going to have a wood burner because it's cold and dark here. Um, and so cozy. Like, oh, yeah. And it'll be 100% me. We're getting a couple of sheep. We've got our hens. And there are other characters in the area, but no one else is going to be the mad lady in the field with the sheep. And, you know, that will attract a certain kind of person. And I'm really okay with that, you know? That is interesting. And and so you plan on build, starting to build that lake within the next year. Do you have a timeline for it? or? Oh, yes. Well, it was going to be built, I think, this month. But obviously, um, events have made that impossible. I am intending to open in the end of January 2021 because I would prefer not to open while there's still so much kind of like PPE going on and rules and regulations. And I'm guessing by next January, we're going to be where, where we're going to be and it's going to be better than it is now. Right. So, and um, I just want the environment to write and I'm going to take six months off. I'm writing a book and I am chilling out. Nice. Can you do that at the same time, bro? Well, I think it's kind of, you're in your creative mind. So it's totally, it's different than your normal. So it is like chilling out because it's something totally different. Um, Do you have a name for the book yet? No, but I have a lot of chapters. I have the premise and the ideas behind it. So yeah, and partly my journey that I went through with you guys and my own personal discovering of health. Because I remember being 100 kilos 
in weight and graduating chiropractic and working with this fantastic vitalist who I didn't understand and feeling like it was so unachievable. And I feel like sometimes a lot of new clients come in and they see where you might be and where they are and they feel like I will never be good enough for your chiropractic lifestyle. Like, oh, I have to change a lot. Great. And it's taken me 10 years to get where I am. And so I'm trying to write a book that that helps encourage, like share my values, but also help people on the path, both on a practical and kind of personal level of saying, yeah, it does take 10 years and changing one tiny thing will change a lot of things. So yeah, I just want to have some fun and do some new, new things. That's, that's cool. Now, now tell me a little bit about um, the, the Scottish uh, chiropractic college. Tell me a little bit about like how, the, when, when's the, like about the school and then kind of what your role is with it. Yeah. So it's, a very, very exciting vision that was had by um, two um, gentlemen. And it's been, I think, five or six years in the pipeline and they've just gotten their academic um, partnerships and they now have a university that can accredit the award and they're down to the final, final things with the GCC um, so that they can you know, produce qual- qualified chiropractors to that level. Um, so they are now looking at getting on faculty staff and beginning to build the building. So things are looking really exciting. There's going to be absolutely subluxation-based vitalistic college in the UK, which will be incredible. That's nice. For me, the pain and the kind of stuff that I pushed through to actually gift a student from day one of just where we all are now um, would would be amazing and we really need that here and I believe we really need diversity and you know for practice members some people want you know a mechanistic pain-based chiropractor and that's great but people deserve choice don't they in anything so it's going to be that other end of the spectrum and and timelines are a little bit up in the air at the moment because of covid and universities not being able to go live and of course it's really hands-on Right. Um, I believe the intention is to launch in September 2021. That's exciting. Hey. Mm. Yeah. And, and, and so that's in, it's going to be in Edinburgh. Is that where the school's going to be? In Edinburgh, near the airport. And I have, you know, the kind of, nothing is set in stone yet, but um, I'm kind of getting the luxury of being involved and helping with the marketing and the fundraising at the moment. And I've done my teaching qualifications. So I'm hoping to be one of the first faculty members and to be part of that legacy is amazing. And to see a university start like that's a massive draw of why that's why we came to where we are physically and because I needed to be there for the college. Oh, that's amazing. Now what, what kind of things will you be teaching um, at the school? Do you, do you know yet? Great question. Probably some pediatrics and adjustment and things like that because um, I'm a big picture girl and I'm not desperately keen to do anything to my mute. And, <laughs> and, and, but ultimately, I'd love to um, help be the, like, the clinical director, you know, where you're actually the students are in the clinic because I love that stuff. The marketing, the empowering of the people to know that you can go and be the chiropractor. Um, but that will be five or six years from the first intake or so. So you have to, I have to be realistic. <laughs> well, <laughs> least, yeah, you got to be clear on what that outcome is going to be, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. And so um, when Scotland opens, um, what, what kind of um, size is it going to look for? Like 
what, what's the kind of maximum they can take or what's the, what's the student enrollment going to look like? I know they might not be full immediately, but kind of target wise. Yeah, I don't know initially. That's a great question. We've only just started planning in like potential faculty training days. So um, we'll see. But it's some. what's interesting is I think there's been three or four programs in the UK accredited in the last year. Some of them part of medical school, some of them independent. But they really do struggle with People don't know what chiropractic is still in this country. And you've got to find people when they're, what, 12, 13 and inspire them so that when they can take the correct subjects and then by the time they're 17, 18 and they're applying for university, they know you exist. And so I am working with um, another lady kind of brainstorming how we're going to make sure that happens for Scotland because you could have a capacity of 10, 30 or 100, but people need to know it's a career option and they don't in the UK. So all of us kind of need to do our bit to get those young people in and get them inspired. Well, and, and this just goes a call because there's, we have quite a few listeners in the UK and, and all around in Europe. What kind of things could chiropractors do to help out with the school? Is there any opportunities that they can like contribute or, or anything like that? Yeah, there's absolutely loads. They can contribute financially by coming to um, Edinburgh Lectures, which is our annual event, which is going ahead on the 22nd of August, which is awesome. It's going to be the first one in the UK this year. Mm. So that should be a good party. Um, and we do a Kaylee, so you know, the Scottish dancing and all of that. And every month we have a webinar and it's £30 and somebody gives their time. So all these international um, people do that, which is great. And they can just spread the word and they can fundraise as part of their practice, do sponsored things, letting their practice members know that it exists, particularly for this kind of enrollment and getting out and do talks to schools. I used to go to quite a lot of careers fairs and do talks and even just mentioning it to people. It gets them on their radar. Um, One of the most valuable things you can do is to support vitalistic chiropractic in this country. Mm-hmm. Well, I think in around the world, it, it, like all the schools, you need to support them because um, like we, we need to help represent ourselves because like, as you said, people need to have a choice because it seems like a lot of even associations are trying to push everything towards the mechanistic pain side. And, and again, that there's nothing wrong with that, but we want to have the full spectrum of chiropractic available to the people because we know the benefits, right? So that's amazing. Absolutely. So I'm just thinking of uh, people that are listening to this podcast that might just be um, maybe in a situation where they're not inspired by their situation or they've been doing personal development and they feel that maybe they've outgrown their area, their town or something like that. What, what kind of tips would you give to people? Um, maybe they, maybe they're not even that aware yet. Maybe they just have that stir inside. They don't even know that they're not happy with where they're at, but what kind of advice would you have for those people? I think the real wake up question that I was asked was, what are you working so hard for? Um, and I was like, oh, that's actually quite difficult to answer. Beyond the fact I love being a chiropractor and the money's, you know, like earning money is a good thing. But why are you, what are you earning the money for? Um, and then you think, oh, actually, what did I want my life to look like? And I have a young child and... I wanted more time with her, more time outside. And really, the more you dig into your values or what's important to you and what you enjoy in life, and then 
you may find some things around your practice or the situation you're in that just aren't feeding that. And then it's starting to look for ways that you could either alter where you are or it might be a big shift. But I, I it, it's hard, but I don't think that we'd ever regret it. And I think now this particular moment in time is such a special one because everyone's been at home thinking about their values like in the whole world haven't they <laughs> it's like there yeah world's in a time out <laughs> and they're flooding in and they're looking for the vitalistic principles like people want it and chiropractors want it and when you are happy and in your flow and when going to the practice kind of feeds you as a person like life is so much better so yeah, you have to, don't dream too small. That's my current motto. <laughs> That's funny. So anyway, we're coming to the end of our time and I just, I'm really, I'm really uh, thankful that you gave us an update because it's, uh, if you were to listen to these back to back, the previous podcast episode of this one, it would be quite a shift. It would be quite an above, above, above shift. But I think it's really inspiring for people that are listening that like that you can do that. Like some people, um, I think Jim Rohn, a personal development speaker, always said, you're not a tree. So like if you don't like your environment, you can move. You're not like a tree is, right? They're kind of stuck where they're at. So in closing, what kind of words of inspiration would you like? Because again, chiropractors all around the world, you know, they're just starting to come out of lockdown, um, getting back into practice. They've had time to think about it. What kind of words of wisdom would you have for our vitalist chiropractors that are around the world? Sure. Well, I was thrilled because the month that I handed over, we were back to pre-lockdown numbers and turnover and everything because of the community that, that we built. And I'm glad you mentioned trees because my, my fundamental thinking is whenever an explorer goes into a forest, they mark a tree, right? And that's their touch tree. That's the one they come back to so they can find their paths and their roots. Yeah. And I think the best thing any person can do is really get in touch with what feels right for them. So then you might go on a little course here or a tangent there, and you're really, really tuning into, does that work for me? Does that, does that take me you know, kind of closer to my values or further away? Does it make me feel good or bad or indifferent? I keep going back to how, how you are. And then when you express that to your community and your practice members, that creates some really powerful practice um, that can withstand these kind of situations that we're seeing now. So everything starts from going back in, inward. And maybe we'll do another catch up in a couple of years and I'll let you know how this journey went. Exactly, because now you have you, you, you're going to build your practice, and then the school is going to be formed, and then you're going to have your book written and all that stuff. So there's going to there's lots of exciting things to come. So I can't wait to hear how it all goes. <laughs> I can't wait to do it. <laughs> so uh, thanks so much again for being back on the podcast. Really appreciate it. And for everybody else out there, like I think this is great. We're just talking about we always talk about the vitality shift, and uh, and this is this is about the shift for yourself. So as a chiropractor, are you happy with where you're at? Are you happy with what you're doing? Um, is it where you're going? Is that where you want to go? And as uh, Naomi said, so great. Why are you working so hard? And what is that for? I think those are some amazing questions that we can ask ourselves to, uh, to make sure that we're on track. Because I think the worst thing is, is to be at the end of your life and work your brains out and then just be like, uh, what was that for, right? And then just kind of, kind of be stuck. So, so I think these are cool questions that help to kind of feed your soul. So everyone out there, I hope you guys are having a wonderful time coming out of lockdown. And uh, we wish you all the best and continue to shift on. 
Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you've received value from this episode, please share this with a fellow chiropractor and take some time to rate and review us on iTunes or wherever your favorite place is to listen to podcasts. If you're interested in learning more about our programs and events, please visit www.thevitalityshift.com or connect with me on Facebook. I would love to hear from you. So until next time, Dr. Don out.